Good day and welcome to another edition of Cross Faith Bible Ministries, Bible Studies. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John chapter 10. We'll be covering verses 33 through 42 today. So we're going to wrap up John chapter 10 today. The title of today's lesson is I and the Father are one. This is the second part of continuing on with the lesson that we had last week. Let's review from last week. Last week we studied and we learned that Jesus was in Jerusalem for a festival. And if you remember, that festival was called the Festival of Dedication. And if you remember, the festival was to rededicate the temple, right? It goes all the way back to, to the Greek Empire. When the Greek Empire overtook the temple, Judas Maccabees and his family led this revolution, this rebellious revolution against the Greek Empire. And through the miracle of God, they defeated this empire. Well, following this victory, if you remember, Judas ordered the cleansing and restoration of the temple. And after it was purified, a new altar was installed. It was dedicated on the 25th day of the ninth month. Judas then proclaimed that this dedication of the restored temple should be celebrated every year for eight days beginning on that date. Now, why eight days, right? Eight days, it's a kingdom number. Now, we often associate this festival with Hanukkah. That's how we know it as Hanukkah. And, and when we think about Hanukkah, what we think of, we think of the menorah, that lampstand, right, that, that, that was lit up for eight days. You see, according to the Talmud, when Judas Maccabees entered the temple, there was only one small jar of oil that had not been defiled by the Greeks. And the jar contained enough oil to burn the menorah just for one day. But through a miracle, we know that the oil burned for eight days, right? So that's why it's celebrated for eight days. So we also seen last week where Jesus is walking in Solomon's hall, we had said. And he's going back and forth from the Holy of Holies, and he's just pacing back and forth. Why is he doing that? He's trying to reveal himself to the religious leaders that he is the Messiah, right? King Solomon, king. What's Messiah? King, right? So he's telling them that, that he and the Father are one. He's telling them that the Father has given him all authority and that anyone who believes in him, anyone who trusts in him, anyone who has faith in him, right? Then the Father will never separate you from him. In other words, the Father has you, the scripture told us last week, in his hand. There's nothing or anyone that can separate you from the Father. And because he says this, that he and the Father are one, what do the religious leaders do? They pick up stones and they call blasphemy. They want to stone Jesus. So this week we're going to pick up in this conversation that Jesus is having with the Pharisees. So starting in verse 33, it says, We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I have said you are gods. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be set aside. What about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? 
Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. Do not believe me unless I do the works of my father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I in the father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Then Jesus went back across to the Jordan, to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed. And many people came to him and they said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. So let's go back up to verse 33. Verse 33 says, we are not stoning you for any good work. Now, we meaning the religious leaders, right? So the, the religious leaders are talking to Jesus here and having this conversation. And Jesus tells them, if you remember last week, about the good works that the Father has given him to do. And they pick up stones and they want to stone them. Now they say, we're not stoning you for any good work. And they said, but for blasphemy. Because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Now, here's the problem with this, right? Whenever we go in the wrong direction, right? Whenever we reject truth, I guess is what I want to say. <clears throat> then, whenever we follow a poor theology, should I say, right? Then that leads you astray. You're lost, right? So, why am I saying this to you? Because these religious leaders call out blasphemy to Jesus, Yeshua. Because Yeshua claims to be the Son of God right? Which is the truth. Jesus speaks the truth because he is the truth. But they don't see it this way. Why? Because they reject the truth for their traditions of the elders, right? You see, they really don't know his origin. That's what I'm trying to say here. And why is that? They don't know his origin because they're caught up in the flesh, because they deny the truth. They reject the truth. You see, Jesus has said over and over what his origin is. You know, he says he's the son of God. Jesus spoke oftenly about his father. But the leaders, they think Jesus is speaking in physical terms, right? But remember what we always say. Jesus is speaking always from a kingdom perspective. So when Jesus says, my father, this means that he was sent by God, that he is the son of God, which means that he is the Messiah. But they don't understand this. They don't understand what he's saying. Why? Because they would have to submit to him, right? They would have to give up their power. They'd have to give up their authority. They'd have to give up their control. And they don't want to do this because they're caught up in the flesh. In other words, they would have to have to change. And that's something that they don't want to do. Now, remember, a few lessons back, we discussed that God wants to bring change into our life. But if we're not wanting to change, if we're not willing to change, right? then what's going to happen? Then you're going to distance yourself from God. You won't be able to discern God's voice through the Holy Spirit. You will not have illumination. You will not have discernment. You won't be able to hear his voice. And therefore, you will not be able to follow his leadership in your life. Now, let's go back to the verse. They say, we are not stoning you for any good work. See, they're saying all the good works are things that you have done. They're all good. That's what they're saying. Now, remember, the word good, speaking biblically, is always related to the will of God. 
So we see here that Jesus gets them to admit that what he has done is good, meaning he's following the will of the Father. He's following the will of God. So instead of embracing him, right, we see that they have stones in their hands and they want to put him to death. Continuing on with the scripture, the second half of that scripture says, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. So because Jesus claims to be God in the flesh, which he is, right? But they don't believe him because they reject truth. And because of this, they say you're lying. And because you're lying, because you claim to be God, they're saying you need to be stoned to death. And verse 34, Jesus answered them. Is it not written in your law? I have said you are God. So we see that Jesus here goes back and quotes scripture. He's using scripture on them for this reason. He wants to see if they really understand the real purpose of the scripture. Look at that phrase. Is it not written in your law? Why does he say your law? Jesus is saying, what is your interpretation of the law? Now, why do I say that? Because this isn't a passage directly from the Torah, but it's a passage that comes from the book of Psalms, particularly Psalm 82, right? So this is why he says in your law, in other words, what is your understanding of it? I have said you are gods. That's in the book of Psalms. Gods means you need to judge correctly. That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 35, he continues on. He says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be set aside. So what he's saying, if in your understanding of the scriptures, this is what Jesus is saying, in your understanding of the scriptures, God is saying in your understanding now, in other words, from the Pharisees points, God is saying that you are the gods. So if the scriptures can't be broken, right? And God says to those who the scripture is given, meaning all of you, meaning the Pharisees, right? That you are gods. Then Jesus is saying, why do you have a problem with me? You see what I'm saying? Jesus is saying, if if the scriptures, according to what you say, that that God is speaking to you, that you are the gods, then, then why you have an issue with me, right? In other words, the one who God sent, the one who set apart, right? The one he made holy. The one who came to save the world. I'm the son of God. Why do you have an issue with me? Verse 36. What about the one whom the father set apart? This is Jesus speaking. As his very own. And he sent it to the world. Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said I am God's son. So he's speaking about himself when he says, what about the one whom the father has set apart as his very own and sent into this world? He's speaking of himself here. Continue on with the scripture. Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. So he's telling them, and you need to judge correctly. You need to judge righteously. You need to do what is right, right? You need to have discernment of the word of God. And if you do, and if you did, then you would understand my identity, he's saying, right? You would understand my purpose. You would know how to respond to it. Verse 37. Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. 
So Jesus is telling them here, you may deny me, you may not like me, right? But he says, believe in the works I do because it comes from my Father. Now, works or deeds, right, were signs, especially to the religious leaders. And they understood this. So when he says works or deeds, this means signs. So he's saying, do you believe in the signs that I have done? He has said many times, right? It is written, my father, I come from my father, right? All of this you say over and over and over, right? See, when you examine what he has done in the scriptures, what Jesus done in the scriptures, what he's telling them is, you're going to understand who I am. You're going to come to faith in me. Not because you like or dislike me. has nothing to do with that. It's going to be because of the reality of who I am and what I have done. Now, you might ask, well, what has he done? Well, he obeyed the Father, and he, he did the Father's will. That's what he's done. And, and when you see the obedience of the Son... He's saying, you should know who I am. Why? Because I was sent by the Father, right? This is what Jesus is trying to tell them. That I am the Son of God. And, and, and if you don't believe I'm the Son of God, but look all the miracles I've did. Go back and read the Torah. Go back and read the old prophets, right? See, he's challenging them here. And, and this is what he's telling them. He's telling them this, that you must move away from your man-made rules because you're blinded. You don't see the signs. You don't read the truth. You reject the truth. You need to move away from your tradition, he's saying. You need to embrace the truth. He's trying to turn them around back to the truth of God, back to the word of God. Now, they knew about all this. They knew the Torah. They knew the old prophets, but they had turned away from it, right? Because they were in charge. They had control. They had the power. And this is what they liked. So in the scripture, Jesus is telling them, act on the things that you know that is true, that is from the Father. And he's trying to bring them back to that truth. Amen. Verse 30, 38. But if I do them, he says, even though you do not believe me, Believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. So let's look at that first part of that text. Jesus says, but if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works. So again, he's trying to tell them, you may not like me, right? But look at what I've done. Look at the miracles. Look at the signs. Look at the wonders, right? They knew the Messiah that was to come would do miracles, especially heal the blind. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He healed a, a man that was born blind. He did all sorts of miracles, all sorts of good deeds, all sorts of signs and wonders, yet they still reject him. He continues on in the scripture. He says that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Now this word, no, let's concentrate on that. He is saying... You can know these things. You don't have to be in darkness anymore, right? You don't have to doubt anymore. You can come away with the right understanding if you just would simply act and believe. He says, the Father is in me and I in the Father. 
Once again, he's letting them know that he and the Father are one. He's letting them know about his divinity here. Verse 39. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. So once again, the religious leaders try to capture Jesus, right? But we see that God once again protects Jesus. Why? Because it's not his time yet to die. It's not quite yet his time. So what we see here is the sovereignty of Almighty God, right? Just like we saw at the end of chapter 8, God is in control of everything in, in, in our lives, people. And, and, and Jesus just wants us to walk in obedience, right? He, he wants us to leave everything to Him so He can bring it to the Father. In other words, He wants us to walk in obedience and leave the results to God, amen? Verse 40, then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed. So Jesus, we see, goes back across the Jordan. Now, this word Jordan, biblically speaking, means to go down, right? And, and biblically speaking, it's a word that stands for humility. So we see that Jesus goes away from the leaders. He gets away from the crowds, right? He goes down to the Jordan. He's going to humble himself, right? He's going to spend time with his father. So what's the message for us in this text right here? Message for us is that when we get angry, when we operating in the flesh, when we doubt, right? When we stress, when we have anxiety and so forth, when we have pride also, you can say, that's the biggest thing is pride. When we're just thinking of ourselves, then we need to remember and we need to be humble. And we need to get away from everything in society. And we, we, we need to go down to a place where we can spend time with the Lord. Which you should be doing that every day. But some of us that are in the flesh, we don't do that, right? Or maybe we spend time with the Lord whenever we need the Lord to answer a prayer or, or, or make a change in our lives, right? Because we think that God serves us. But God doesn't serve us. We serve Him, amen? And that's why you should constantly be in prayer. Because if you're constantly in prayer, then you don't have pride. You don't live in the flesh. Because you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. You allow the Holy, Holy Spirit to guide you. Amen? So he goes down to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. And there he stayed. See, this is where it all begins. Because if you go back to John chapter 1, when we first started, right? Jesus comes to the same area. And John is baptizing people at the River Jordan. And as John is baptizing people at the River Jordan, Jesus comes onto the scene. And John the Baptist looks up and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. So we see that Jesus right here goes back to that place. And he goes back to that place to humble himself. He goes back to that place to be refocused on the call that God had put on his life. Amen. And what was that call? It was to lay down his life for all of humanity. To free us from the bondage of sin. Amen. So we know that he did the Father's will. And he did it perfectly. Right? We know that he did that. Right? It takes humility to do a Father's will. You got to be humble to do the Father's will. Question is, are you humble today? Another question is, are you willing to do the Father's will today? Do you know what your will is for the Father today? Verse 41. 
and many people came to him and they said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. And many people came to him. So because he humbled himself, God brought or allowed many people to go to Jesus, right? Because it wasn't about himself. It was about doing the will of the Father. See, when you do the will of the Father, then God's going to bless you. He's going to prosper you, right? It might be certain areas of your life, right? It might be from a business standpoint or whatever it is, right? It might be more of a spiritual standpoint from the kingdom. But he's going to bless you. Whatever he blesses you with is for a kingdom purpose. I want you to understand that. But, but those people that walk in pride, right? You may think you have the world in your hand. You may think you have power. You may think you have because you have all the money. But in the end, you're going to lose. You're going to fall short. You're going to come up short. That's why you always need to humble yourself. Stay in prayer. Stay in a relationship with Jesus. Amen? They said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. You see, John the Baptist didn't do miracles, right? He didn't perform not one miracle or one sign. John the Baptist's call was to introduce Jesus to the world. And how did he do that? He spoke about the kingdom of God. He spoke about repentance and he spoke about baptism. And he was baptizing people and speaking of the kingdom when Jesus walks onto the scene, right? See, John just simply humbled himself. If you remember in the lesson, you know, many, many of... Because John had disciples also. Now, he had, he had a group of followers. And if you remember when Jesus comes onto the scene, a lot of people flock towards Jesus. And John's disciples comes to John and he says, look, they're all going to this man, Jesus of Nazareth. And John said, that's fine. Because my job now is to become what? Less. Right? I did my job. And my question to you is, are you that humble? Are you that humble or are you one that's jealous, right? Because if you're of the jealous type, then that comes from the flesh. Then you're not going to be blessed by God, right? You, you, you may think you are. You may speak like you are. But in the kingdom's eyes, you're not. And you won't reach the kingdom unless you repent, unless you change, unless you do exactly what John was preaching and teaching about the kingdom was through repentance, right? So we see that John spoke truth because they say all that John said about this man was true. See, God, John spoke the truth because he said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the earth, right? See, we know that Jesus also walked in the truth because he is, he is the truth, right? Now, why is this here? It's to teach us something. It's to teach us that we are also to embrace the truth. And the truth being the word of God, the truth being Jesus himself, Yeshua, as the Messiah. You see, every time that we act out of anger, every time that we allow others to turn us away from God's calling in our life for a kingdom purpose, right? It is because we are acting in pride. We're thinking of ourselves. And we shouldn't be thinking in pride. We shouldn't be thinking of ourselves, right? We shouldn't be walking with pride. Because pride is of the flesh. Who is the father of the flesh? Satan. So you are being led by Satan. 
But we are, should be thinking about others. We should be blessing others. We should be teaching about the Word of God. We should be encouraging and uplifting others instead of preaching down to them, talking down to them, right? Calling people out on certain things. Man, we all fall short. See, if you are of the Spirit, then you never will speak down on someone. You will never insult anyone. But instead, you will lift them up with kind words. You will never let anger or bitterness or jealousy get in you. Because you have to become less and they have to become what? More. That's what John the Baptist taught. And that's what the kingdom is all about. That's what Jesus is all about. It's doing the Father's will, blessing others, and enlarging the kingdom of heaven. And in that place, many believe in Jesus. Our last verse tells us here. So we see that many Jews, right? Now, there were some Gentiles in there, but mostly Jews. They believed, really, that Jesus was the Messiah. Amen? And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to start a new chapter. In the chapter of John, we'll be in John chapter 11. Until next week, we sure do appreciate you all tuning in. Be a bless blessing for someone this week. Enlarge God's kingdom in a positive way. We love you guys. Until next week, God bless you.